We, uh, we do want to welcome all of our live stream family in today. I want to take, if, I, if you would give me just a, a little grace, I, you should never start mentioning names. <clears throat> but I want to welcome <clears throat> in today, especially Pastor Jim Greider and his wife. And I spoke with Brother Greider's daughter this week, and she was telling me how that Brother Miss Greider watched the broadcast faithfully every service. Brother Greider was a, uh, and still is a faithful man of God. His health, his health doesn't allow him to, to uh, stand behind the pulpit and preach, but they watch our service. Uh, every service, and I just want to say a hello to Brother Miss Greider and let them know we appreciate all their faithful, faithful years of service, and uh, <clears throat> that's worth that's worth saying that, amen? amen. And so we welcome them and all those that are watching by way of live streaming. Thank you for being here today. <clears throat> Thank you for being here. And someone said that uh, that church is not the same sitting on the sofa as it is in the sanctuary. Oh, that's right. And it's so true. And so I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please, and turn to the book of 2 Timothy. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> 2 Timothy chapter number 2. When you find your place, let's all stand, if you would. <coughs> 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And look, if you will, please, <coughs> at verse number 1. The Bible says in verse number 1, Thou therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. <clears throat> thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. You may be seated this morning. And I want to preach from a verse that I don't think I've ever preached from in uh, all these years of, of pastoring and preaching and it's verse number six, verse number six. And the Bible says, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. And so just for a few, <clears throat> a few moments this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, man, I got a frog in my throat and it's got his legs crossed. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I want to talk to you about benefactors of the blessings benefactors of the blessings. And I hope this will make sense to you. And so uh, uh, just, I, I don't know if I'll be able to get all the way through this today. I, if, if not, we'll just cut some things out and do our best to, to maneuver through it. But I hope this will be a blessing to you. It was a blessing to me. And I hope that the Lord will convey it to be a blessing in your life today. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll jump right into our Bibles today. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary and Lord, we sure love this place and we love this people. Lord, even more than that, we love the God of this place. And Lord, the God of this place is what, is what makes this so different. And God, we just appreciate your presence. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you for the most wonderful book 
that we get to uh, preach and that we get to focus our attention around for a few moments on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And so Lord, I, I pray now that you would clear the way. God, we're just gonna take just a moment. We're gonna plead the blood, Lord, over this service. And uh, Lord, Brother Timothy said it right. Things are happening. But to our credit, oh no, no. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And so Lord, what's taking place at Calvary Baptist Church is because there's an almighty God that's working behind the scenes. And, but Lord, at the same time, we know that the powers of darkness are not enthused about that. And so of course, they're gonna do everything they can to try to detract and distract and take away, detour. Uh, but Lord, I pray you'd not allow them to do that today. So, Heavenly Father, right now, the best we know how, we plead the blood of Jesus over this service and Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you'd keep your blessings in and I pray, Heavenly Father, that with your mighty power that you would bind the powers of darkness and keep them away and out. Save that soul that may be nearer hell than they know. And God, I pray that you'll encourage that child of God that's a little discouraged today. And we pray most of all that the Lord Jesus Christ would be high and very lifted up. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. We notice here in the letters to Timothy, we find the Spirit of God using four pictures or four symbols to illustrate the, the, the child of God. We notice, first of all, that the Christian is illustrated as a son. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1, in fact, look there, if you will. We're, we've got our Bibles open. Look there. He says in verse number one, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And so Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing to this younger man, Timothy, and he begins to paint a picture in the mind of this younger man uh, in the faith. And so we see the Christian as a son. But not only a son, we notice that we find another picture. It's the Christian as a soldier. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But not only a son and not only a soldier, but we notice the Christian as an athlete. And look, if you will, in verse number 5. Verse number 5, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. There's that idea of uh, of an athlete, which by the way was very relevant where, where Timothy was going. They had the big gigantic Colosseum there uh, that housed uh, thousands and thousands of people and the people would come to the games where the athlete would, uh, athletes would, uh, would uh, compete uh, one, one against another and one would receive the prize. And so we see the Christian as a son. We see the Christian as a soldier. We see the Christian as an athlete but then we notice, and this is where we want to camp out a little bit today, we notice the Christian as a farmer or what the Bible labels as a husbandman. Look, if you will, at verse number six. The Bible says the husbandman 
that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Now, husbandman, maybe not a word that, that we use a lot in our, our day and time, but it's definitely a word that uh, is applicable in this area in Union Grove, North Carolina. And that's farmer. That's really what husbandmen mean. It, it, it's the idea of a farmer. It means this. It means a land worker or a, a, uh, a tiller of the soil is what it's talking about. Now, let me tell you what the Bible's teaching us here. In order for the husbandman to give his all, to really give his all in the field, he needs to know that he's going to benefit from some of the blessing. That's what the Bible's teaching there. That this farmer or this, what the Bible calls a husbandman, that he's gonna be able to feast on some of the bounty. That he's not only cultivating the soil, turning the soil, tilling the soil, seeding the soil, but this husbandman also knows that as he serves, that he is going to have at least a part of the harvest. Part of that harvest is going to be his. That he's gonna enjoy the fruit of his labor. Now let me tell you what, what the Bible is trying to teach us here and if this is a, a good lesson for us to learn. And it's this, that if the husbandman or the farmer gives his all and then he receives nothing in return, he's not going to be near as motivated to work diligently. By the way, for what it's worth, we call it capitalism. But anyway, I, that's a whole other message and we'll, we'll go there another time. And so I want to say that again because that really, is, that really is the foundation of the message. So if the husbandman knows that he's going to receive nothing in return, he's not going to be as motivated to serve and to toil as diligently when he knows that he is going to receive some of the bounty. I'm sure there are some that ask, why do y'all do what you do at Calvary Baptist Church? There are people that are watching and they're like, man, y'all really take church serious. And by the way, we say amen to that. We do. This is not a sideline. This is not something that we just, uh, you know, that we just, hap that just happens to happen and just, you know, comes together by accident. Uh, this is something we do very much on purpose. And there are those that are watching and those who come through occasionally and, and they'll ask a question like this. Why is church such a big deal to you? I mean, we came to Calvary, man, we've never seen anything like that. I mean, it is evident that, that boy, y'all really take this, uh, this church stuff really serious. I mean, you go multiple times a week. You go on Sunday morning. And then you turn around and come back on Sunday night. And then you come back on Wednesday night. And then you encourage faithfulness to revivals and conferences and meetings. And, and then on top of that, it seems like that, that you are literally obsessed with outreach. I mean, you're going into the jails. You're preaching in the prisons as one of our faithful men did this week. You're going into the nursing homes when the COVID restrictions are, are lifted and you're ministering to uh, those that are up in age. Uh, you're you're uh, uh, serious about track distribution and good news club and door-to-door -door soul winning and text visitation and radio ministry and online ministry and youth ministry and, and it goes on and on and on and, 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 and people come and they see that and they say, man, what is the big deal? I mean, we come to Calvary and 
And we, we see you preach like you preach and we see people serve like they serve. In fact, I don't know how many people have come and said, man, you know, I get, I, we, we come to Calvary 30 minutes early and people are already there. They're already there shaking hands and welcoming people in. And, and, and the world looks on and the world says, and even sometimes Christians say, why do you do what you do and why do you approach it so seriously? And I want to say Calvary, and I want to say to them, at least in part, we do it that way because we are benefactors of the blessing. <laughs> People say, man, what is your deal? And we want to say back, let me tell you something, church. This is not just something we do. We're having a ball doing it. And, you know, it's amazing that there are so many people out in the world that never thought that church could be fun. They never thought that church could be exciting. I mean, they just thought the church was, you know, you're like the hamster on the wheel, man. You just come, you know, for an hour and you just, you run on the little wheel and you come in one way, you leave the same way, you never leave different, you never have your heart spoken to. There's no excitement, there's no passion, there, there, you know, there, there's no anticipation. And I want to say, my dear friend, that is not what God had in mind when God instituted the church. And although we're not perfect and although we don't have a corner on the market, I believe in my heart of hearts that when Jesus Christ set up the institution of the church, I believe this is what he had in mind. <laughs> and some people say, man, what is, what's going on? I mean, why, why are, and this is the truth, my wife and I have to work at it to beat people here. We got here this morning at least probably at least an hour and 40 minutes early and we weren't the first car in the parking lot. And people say, what in the world? I, I'm trying to understand why you do what you do and why you're reaching out like you're reaching out and why you have youth meetings on Tuesday night and why you're having extra choir practices and, 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 and why is that choir already packed and jammed with people that are singing and why do people come and spend extra time practicing specials and, uh, and all these kind of things. And I want to say because we are benefactors of the blessing. While we're serving, while we're serving we get to enjoy the blessings that come along with serving. Now, you say, Pastor, what blessings? Well, I believe Paul tells us here in 2 Timothy. How about this? Number one, the blessing of seeing people come to Jesus Christ. Now, it's in your Bible. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and look at verse number 10. And Paul explains it. Paul says in verse number 10, therefore, he said, I endure all things, look what he says, for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You know what Paul is saying here? There's nothing quite like seeing people come to Jesus Christ. I mean, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like seeing people get saved. There's nothing like seeing lives get transformed. There's nothing like seeing an old-fashioned sinner walk the aisle and come to an old-fashioned altar and 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 find Jesus Christ. And by the way, if I could just add this, there is a big difference between someone becoming religious and someone who is transformed by the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. You can be 
very religious and die in your sin and go to hell. In fact, notice what Paul says. This is, I thought this was relevant. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. And Paul says, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Look at verse 26. He says, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Man, I'm about to, I'm about to have a spell right now. You, you say, preacher, why are you so excited about church? Because man, I love coming to a place like this and seeing and seeing the prisoner walk in and seeing the captive walk in and seeing that person that's in bondage walk in, in bondage to alcohol, in bondage to narcotics, in bondage to immorality. And we see him come in here and we see the life-changing power of the Lord Jesus Christ beginning to make a change, beginning to make a transformation. I want to tell you something, Calvary. There's nothing, there's nothing in the world that'll ever compare to that. Someone said Longfellow could take a worthless sheet of paper and write a poem on it and make it worth $6,000. That's genius. Rockefeller could sign his name to a piece of paper and make it worth millions. That's capital. Uncle Sam can take gold and stamp an eagle on it and make it worth dollars. That's money. A craftsman can take a material that's worth only $5 and make an article worth $50. That's skill. An artist can take a 50 cent piece of canvas and paint a picture on it and make it worth $1,000. That's art. But listen to me, listen to me closely. But God, I said, but God and only God can take a life that's sinful and without joy and wash it in the blood of Jesus Christ and put his spirit in it and make it a blessing to humanity. Let me tell you what that is. That, my dear friend, is salvation. (laughs) And I know, I know, I get it. The world looks on and the world's like, man, what in the world? What's going on down in Union Grove, North Carolina? I came by there the other day and all those cars were in the parking lot. And I mean, what's going on? And this is what it is. We get to enjoy the blessings while we're serving. And one of those blessings is seeing people come to Jesus Christ. And by the way, Calvary, not only are they changed, but how about this? We're gonna see them in heaven. Did you know that Paul, did you know that Paul spoke of these converts as being our crown of rejoicing in heaven? I'll just read you the verse. You can jot it down if you want to. First Thessalonians chapter two and verse number 19. The Bible says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? And Paul said, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ and his coming? You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Can you imagine, church, what it's going to be like in glory when somebody finds you and says, can I just thank you? 
Can you imagine what it's going to be like in heaven one of these days when that little child comes to you and, 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 uh, and, 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 and pulls on you and tugs on you and says, hey, I just want to tell you thank you for preaching in that children's ministry and thank you for having that youth outreach and thank you for having that children's ministry and, and somebody comes to you and says, thank you for giving me a gospel track and thank you for inviting me to church and thank you for telling me about Jesus and because yeah. of what you did, I'm in heaven. Let me tell you, you've never seen such shouting in all your life. No wonder we're going to need, no wonder we're going to need a glorified body to withstand heaven. And so, so people say, man, what in the world? You know, why, why do you do what you do? Well, number one, the blessing of seeing people come to Jesus Christ. But there's something else. Number two, the blessing of being put to use. Now you're in 2 Timothy, look at chapter two and verse number 20. Boy, this is good, church. The Bible says in verse number 20, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Look at verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. What's the next word? Sanctified, Sanctified which means to be set apart. In other words, God supernaturally sets you apart. He shall be a vessel in honor, sanctified. Here it is, here it is. And meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now, listen, I'm just gonna hit this, go to the next point. But I wanna tell you something. I don't, I don't know how y'all feel about this thing. I don't know how much time I've got. It could be I've got a long time. It could be I've got a very short time. But I do know this, in the time I have, I want to make a difference. Are y'all listening, church? I don't know how much time I've got. I don't know if I've got 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or 10, uh, 10 more minutes. I don't know. But I do know this. I don't know about you, and I don't know about those watching my way of live stream, but you're looking at a man here this morning that wants to make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a question. And I, I don't mean this unkindly. How can people stand to simply exist? But that's where we are. You, you, again, I want to do this very lovingly. You go to the average youth today and say, what do you want to do with your life? I don't know. What's your dreams? What do you want to accomplish? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Come on, hear me now. Don't turn me off. Man, if anything, turn the volume up. Did you know that as, did you know as a blood-washed child of God, if you're sitting here this morning under the sign of my voice and you are born again by the Spirit of God, I believe this. I believe that God's people ought to have a dream. Oh, yes. I believe you ought to have a dream. I believe it ought to be big. I believe, I believe it ought to be huge. I believe if you're listening to me right now, there ought to be something burning inside of you that says, I don't want to just exist. I don't want to just hang out. Man, I want to do something. I want to do something for the cause of Christ. I want God to use me for his kingdom. You say, Pastor, why don't you calm down? It's not time to calm down. It's time to get fired up. Dream big. Dream big. I said dream big. I said dream big. 
I said, dream big. You say, pastor, do you know where we live? We live in Union Grove. Dream big, Union Grove. You say, preacher, do you know what this church, this is Calvary Baptist Church. Dream big, Calvary Baptist Church. You say, preacher, I'm over. I'm over 50 years old. I'm over 60 years old. Okay, 60 year old, dream big, dream big. You say, pastor, I'm only 16. All right, 16 year old, dream big. Do something big for God. Well, you say, I may not hit it. Well, then at least aim for it. Because if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. William Carey, who we consider to be the father of modern day missions, who, by the way, all these hundreds of years later, still making an impact. William Carey said, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Listen, God sent me here to challenge you a little bit today. Well, you say, what in the world, Pastor? What's the big deal? Let me tell you what the big deal is. Thank God I get to be put to use for the Lord's glory. If you were to go to our home, and my wife's quite the decorator. She's good at decorating. But we have, around our house, we have some things on some of the shelves and things. To be quite honest with you, they accomplish nothing. And although she keeps a great house, we have things, I'm almost positive right now, we have some things at home right now on our shelves, and they're doing nothing but collecting dust. In fact, if you were to go into our home without us knowing and you were to take some of those things off the shelf and throw them away, to be quite honest with you, we probably wouldn't even know that you threw them away. You know why? They sit on the shelf every day. They collect dust day in, day out. They never accomplish anything. You say, what about it, preacher? A lot of Christians are like that. A lot of Christians just on the shelf, not doing diddly squat for God, just collecting dust, not accomplishing anything, don't have a desire to do anything, don't have a dream to do anything, don't have a drive. Yeah, am I preaching to anybody this morning? Don't have a drive to do anything. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I know this, I don't wanna sit on the shelf and just collect dust. Listen, he reached way down and saved my unworthy soul and I wanna do something for the cause of Christ. To use. I wanna be put to use. Hey, listen to what 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, Unmovable. Listen to these two words. Always. Always. Abounding. Always abounding. Calvary Baptist Church. We ought not just be defending the cause of Christ. We ought to be making up ground. Amen. We ought not just be on the defensive. We ought to be on the offensive, amen. We, yes sir, yes sir, and only by the power of God, but we ought to be taking ground away from Satan instead of giving it up. Listen to Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. 
they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen to Philippians chapter three, verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now listen to me now. I don't think there is. I really don't. I don't think there is. But there may be somebody here this morning that says, Pastor, I don't know about all this live stream, online, media stuff, and, and phone lines, and, and all these kind of things. And I mean, we're a country church. Well, my dear friend, if you're satisfied with staying in some kind of a little country church with your four and no more, and your mother-in-law running the outfit, then you just go ahead and do that. But I'm just telling you, if you're in this church and you're going to be a part of this church, you better get ready because we are on the move. And so if you think you'd like to be a part of a church that's on the move, hey, like the Marines would say, lead, follow, or bless God, get out of the way. One of these days I'll become a charismatic preacher. I mean, you know, I'm talking about, I will. Y'all keep praying. There's still hope. There's still hope. The blessing of people coming to Christ, the blessing of being put to use. Let me just insert this really quickly. How many know that most objects don't fare well when they're not being used? You ever had a car and you let it sit for months and months and months? A motor is not designed for that. That motor is designed, it needs to be going. Those pistons need to be moving. They have moving parts in that motor. It needs to be working. It needs to be active. You ever took some kind of an object, a boat or something like that and you stored it for months and months and months and man, the dirt daubers got up in it and the mice got in it and chewed the wires and all kinds of things. Why? Because it's not designed to sit there day after day after day. But listen to me, Calvary, neither is the child of God. That's not your calling to sit there day after day after day. It is your calling to be used by an almighty God to do great things for the cause of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying my own preaching this morning. The blessing of people coming to Christ, the blessing of being put to use quickly, quickly. And I thought about not giving you this one, but I'll give you two quickly. Number three, the blessing of being perfected in our Christian walk. It's there. Look at 2 Timothy chapter three and look at verse number 17. And Paul says there that the man of God, 2 Timothy 3 verse 17 that the man of God may be, what's the word? Perfect. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Now, does that mean that you're gonna be perfect? You're never gonna sin? That's not what the Bible's saying. The word perfect there means complete. Complete. The more you're involved in the things of the Lord, the more complete you're going to become. But I love this next definition. This is one I wanna focus on. The word perfect there means Fresh, fresh. Hey, would you like to know one of the blessings of serving Christ? (laughs) People come in and are like, wow, what in the world? Why do y'all take church so serious? Can I tell you why? Because the more you serve, the fresher it keeps your life. That's what it means. Vibrant, complete, complete. 
Is the idea there? It, it, it keeps you fresh. It keeps you fresh. Hey, listen, have you ever done this? Have you ever noticed water that happens to get trapped? Either away from the tributary, away from the stream, or have you ever had this happen? You had water that got trapped in your sink. Your sink got plugged. Listen to me now. That water stayed there for a day or two or three. And that water didn't look good. It looked a little slimy. It even had an odor to it. You know why? Because that water got trapped and it became what we call stagnant. Stagnated. I was thinking about the, the story I read about some folks were in a, a good service and man, the Lord moved in and folks started testifying and man, there were some good testimonies and you always got to have one. And one lady stood up and she said this. She said, well, she said, the Lord filled my cup many years ago, but she said, it's never leaked out and it has never run over. And there was a redneck in the service and he said, yeah, and I bet it's got wiggle tails in it too. <laughs> Y'all know what wiggle tails are? Tadpoles. They live in stagnated water. Well, I, I, I just, by way of testimony, can I just say hallelujah? I'm glad my cup runs over all the time. Amen. And I want to say, Lord, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up till it overflows and just keep on letting it overflow. Why? Because I don't want to get stagnant in the things of the Lord. I want to stay fresh for the cause of Christ. Why do we do what we do? We're benefactors of the blessing. The blessing of people coming to Christ. The blessing of being put to use. The blessing of being perfected in our Christian walk. We're done. We're done. Wow. Don't miss this one. Because this is the main one. Why do we do what we do at Calvary Baptist Church? Number four, the, the blessing of pleasing our Heavenly Father. Look in your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number four. Remember I said that he likened the Christian to a soldier? Look what he says in verse number four. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Turn over a page, 2 Timothy chapter four and look at verse number six. 2 Timothy chapter four and verse number six. Notice what Paul, Paul's getting ready to leave. He's, uh, Paul's getting ready to lose his head. He's getting ready to become a, a martyr for Christ. And by the way, he knows that. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6, Paul says in verse number 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Verse 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing. Calvary, we're done, but listen, hear, hear me out just for a moment. Did you know that Paul knew he had pleased his heavenly father? And because he knew that he had pleased God, Paul looked forward to heaven. He said, I'm ready. And, and I'm sure people say, Paul, are you not afraid? Paul said, I'm not afraid. 
Paul, are you not apprehensive? Paul says, I'm not apprehensive. You're getting ready to go to heaven. Paul said, I know. But he said, I, have, I know that I've did my best. I've pleased my heavenly father. And Paul said, I'm looking forward to hearing those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Can I ask you a question? Are you pleasing your heavenly father? Which, by the way, is why we're here. It's why we exist. It's why we were created. It's been several years ago now. We decided to do a a pretty major remodel at our house, and we were going to give my wife her dream bathroom. And uh, all the kids are gone now, man. So we're just, you know, so I've got a bathroom. She's got a bathroom. All God's children got a bathroom. Amen. And, and, uh, and so we were going to remodel her bathroom and just, she told us what she wanted. And, uh, and uh, man, when I say dream big, I shouldn't have told her that. Amen. And so <laughs> she told us everything she wanted. Well, Tim and Hannah did most of the work. And they came in and, and literally they came in and they tore everything out of that bathroom. I mean, they took it all the way down. They tore the drywall out. They tore the floor out. You could see the dirt underneath the house. I mean, they tore everything out. Uh, there were just two befores there and, uh, and they totally, totally rearranged the bathroom and, and uh, a new sink, new vanity, tile flooring, beautiful tile, Brand new closet, beautiful walk-in shower with subway tile. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. New lighting. Beautiful. She wanted one of these soaking tubs. Well, they, they gave her that, but they put in one of these big, I mean big, buddy, one of these big, giant garden whirlpool tubs. You could fit in it, Brother B. It was beautiful. Now, listen to what I'm about to tell you. I can remember very can I can remember very easily the night they were going to do the reveal. You know why? They were excited. Man, they were she had not saw it. And so Hannah went in there and man, they had it all decorated up and Hannah had lit candles, you know, and they had dimmed the lights, put dimmer on the lights, you know, and they dimmed the lights and Hannah put candles around there and, and they said, All right, mom, this is the night. We're gonna do the reveal. Man, cameras came out, video cameras came out. And they began to walk their mom into that bathroom. Wait a minute now. You know what? They were excited. You know why they were excited? Because they knew she was going to be pleased. You You say, Pastor, I would like to be excited about heaven. You have any advice? I sure do. Know when you walk through the gates that he is going to be excited about what you've done for Jesus Christ. And so I know the world looks on sometimes and they say, man, you guys are a bunch of fanatics. No, not well, maybe maybe so. Maybe so. Of course, the guys that go down to the Panther Stadium and take off their shirts in 30-degree weather and you know, paint one side silver and one, one side blue, they're not fanatics. But we're fanatics because we raise a hand every now and then. And so go ahead and say, you know, go ahead and say what you want to say. But here's the thing. People say, man, what in the world's going on at Calvary Baptist Church? This is what it is. We're benefactors of the blessings. And what a joy it is. While we're serving as husbandmen, what a blessing. We get to benefit from the fruit 
of our labors. Now let's bow our heads this morning, if you will. Father, thank you for this time that we've had together this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll work in the hearts right now. Lord, maybe some folks need to ask this question. Are they serving the Lord? Are they being put to use? Lord, is their life making a difference for the cause of Christ? Lord, I pray that there's no one in here today that's just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. Father, would it be okay? Would you give somebody a big dream today? God, could you, could you deposit a huge dream into the lives of one of these young men or maybe even one of these older men? Huge, life-changing, world-altering. Father, could we just have this fault in our heart today, Lord? Could you use me? And Lord, if you could use me, Lord, would you use me? Lord, is there something I can do to make an impact on this world for Jesus? Lord, I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation. Pray you'll speak to every heart. And I pray all that's done would glorify the Savior. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hey, real quickly before we stand, I want to ask a question or two.